RadioInfluence.com. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Oh yeah, ring the bell and get ready for another big-time showdown in Las Vegas. This time as part of the World Welterweight Championship between 8th Division World Champion Manny Pacquiao and the challenger for this belt, a 4th Division World Champion, looking to regain a portion of the Welterweight Championship, Adrian Broner. I am your somewhat capable host, and I'm looking forward to see what Pacquiao can do in his first fight in the United States in a couple of years. When last we saw Pacquiao, he was disposing of Lucas Matisse in China last summer by knockout, and now he gets ready to take on Adrian Broner, who, as I mentioned, has won some belts at other divisions, but it's easy to say that Broner hasn't won a significant fight in four or five years. Pacquiao comes in with 60 victories at 40 years young. Young, 60 wins, 7 losses, 2 draws, 39 KOs. Broner, meantime, the 29-year-old from Cincinnati, Ohio, 33-3 with 1 draw and 1 no decision. Broner hasn't scored a knockout now in a couple of years, so will he bring some punching power to this fight? We're going to find out. As I mentioned, I've got to enlist some great help. I'm looking forward to doing that straight ahead, leading things off. Can't wait to talk to the guy that's going to be on the call with Mauro Ranallo and Al Bernstein for Showtime's pay-per-view Saturday night from Las Vegas. Pauli Malanagi will be here as part of Big Fight Weekend. Pauli always has great insight on any fight that he's working in, but in particular, he's got great insight on the opponent for Pacquiao, Adrian Broner, because Malanagi fought Broner back five and a half years ago and uh, we look forward to hearing what he has to say about going toe-to-toe with Broner where he lost a controversial split decision. I can tell you that to this moment, Pauli Malinaji is going to tell you he got the better of Adrian Broner in that fight. So I want to pick his brain about what he thinks Pacquiao has left. What kind of threat does Broner pose? What's it like to be their ringside as they get ready to do battle uh, here in this matchup at the MGM Grand Garden Arena on the Strip in Las Vegas? All right, so Pauli Malinaji is here with me. But wait. There's more. I can't have a big fight weekend and not get the perspective of the boxing writer, David Payne. I love him over in the UK, giving me some fight analysis, some insight. David has written on his website, boxingwriter.co.uk, about Manny Pacquiao's legacy at 40 years of age and about the final chapter that he is obviously in. How much longer is he going to continue to fight? What kind of threat does Broner really uh, pay towards here? What uh, Does he have the capability of knocking Pacquiao out? I'm going to put that to David Payne. I'm curious, as always, in the UK, this fight will be on in the middle of the night, the wee hours of the morning, uh, UK time. Will they be uh, glued to it? Uh, obviously, it'll be the middle of the day in the Philippines where uh, Pacquiao is from. Uh, West Coast time, this fight will probably take place somewhere around 11.30 Eastern time, 8.30 local time, something like that for the matchup coming on uh, on Saturday evening. So I want to talk to David Payne about that, about uh, Broner's behavior earlier in the week at the press conference where he disrespected Hall of Fame 
uh, broadcaster uh, Al Bernstein at the uh, at the news conference and and what he thinks of, of Broner's demeanor and his uh, and his place right now in the boxing landscape in the lighter divisions where Broner again has been a world champion previously at lightweight at super lightweight at junior welterweight now moving back up to welterweight where he's fought before so again this one's scheduled for 12 rounds and David Payne will talk to me about that the boxing writer here in a little bit love his perspective and then one more guest wait there's still more how much would you pay 39.95 49.95 no it's not Ginsu steak knives. It's JT the Brick who will be with me. I love he, he as he terms it Fox Sports Radio alumni member. JT the Brick owned the overnight and drive time airwaves on Fox Sports Radio for over 15 years. I look forward to his analysis. He lives in Las Vegas. He is part of all of the radio buildup on Radio Row for this Pack Broner showdown for the welterweight championship. I'll get JT's perspective on what again does Pacquiao have left. Uh, what kind of threat does Broner pose? I'll get a prediction from him as well. Is Las Vegas hyped for this fight where Pacquiao's fought so many times in his career in Las Vegas? Do they care as much with him at 40 years of age, with him not having been around for the last couple of years? Let's talk about it with one JT the Brick, and he wants to tell you about a brand new podcast that he is launching with our colleague, his good friend, his radio partner, Tom Looney. So we'll break a little news here on Big Fight Weekend that the new website, the new podcast is coming. JT will tell you all about it a little bit later on in the fight. So again, for Manny Pacquiao, it is a chance at another huge headlining event. Uh, he is welcoming back his trainer, Freddie Roach. If you've been watching the Showtime buildup, the 24-7 buildup on all access to this, Roach is back after being with Pacquiao for many years. He's been estranged from him over the last year or so in the last couple of fights. They had a little bit of a falling out. Uh, part of it is Roach has been outspoken that he thought Pacquiao's attentions were too divided among his uh, issues away from the ring, uh, politics, his marketing brand, taking his focus away from the fights. So now they've kind of come back together as kind of a helper situation with Pacquiao's team. Meanwhile, for Broner, what kind of shape is he in? We're going to find out. Is he in the shape of his life? He's got 11 years on Manny Pacquiao, 11 years younger. Is that going to matter if this gets into the late rounds? Uh, I mean, clearly, Broner, again, has not done well against significant condition uh, competition in a long time. What kind of condition is he going to be in if we get to the championship rounds? 11 and 12, will he have something left these are all questions to ponder so again a busy edition of big fight weekend and again however you found us uh, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast itunes stitcher google play and when there's a new edition of big fight weekend it comes to you automatically via your handheld device your phone your ipad whatever the case is and if you found us through radioinfluence.com bravo podcasts are always housed there there are partners here on big fight weekend so, uh, again, subscribe to the show, and it comes to you automatically here as we're in the preview mode for Pack Broner Saturday night pay-per-view. It is starting an onslaught of 2019 editions of Big Fight Weekend that are going to be uh, coming up frequently, and this one, a World Welterweight Championship showdown that is coming up on Saturday night. All right, so there we go. That sets the stage. Let's get to our guests and get to our coverage as Big Fight Weekend continues. And as we roll on, this man will be on the call with Mauro Ronaldo and Al Bernstein of uh, Manny Pacquiao, Adrian Broner, and this showdown for the World Welterweight Championship coming on Showtime Pay-Per-View. He's Paulie Malinaji, and I love getting a chance to talk with anybody that's an analyst, but especially somebody that's been in the ring with one of the fighters that's in this fight. We'll get to that in a couple of moments. Paulie, good to be with you. I know at the time we're talking, you've just gotten to Vegas 
Uh, is the hype building here as we're heading to Saturday night? How excited are you? How excited is Vegas right now as this fight approaches? Yeah, the hype is starting to buzz now. You know, they're, they're actually the start of the press conference, and I think it's only going to start picking up more and more and more. You're starting to see the, the casino starting to fill up with a lot of boxing fans. And uh, I can always tell when it's starting to get filled up with boxing fans. I, I, it's harder for me to walk around in the casino. You know, well, usually if I go in any other <laughs> week, I usually walk around pretty carefree. You know, <laughs> but, but when it's a fight week uh, and, then the, and the fans start getting to town, it's hard for me to walk around as well just on these particular weeks. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of buzz in the air and people are excited. Yeah, they 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 do love Paulie even out out in Vegas. All right, and they love Manny Pacquiao obviously in Vegas. But this is the first time he's been in Vegas in a couple of years. First time he's been in the United States. Period, fighting a fight in a couple of years. Uh, what about the Manny effect here? I believe by the time we get to Saturday, there'll be plenty of fans that are interested. That's that's part of the sell for this that he's back in the U.S. fighting here in Vegas. What about that angle, Paulie? Um, yeah, I think it's part of the sell. Of course, you know he hasn't he hasn't fought in the U.S. in a, in a bit quite some time. I mean, he's coming back to fight one of the uh, bigger stars in the sport. I mean, Adrian Broner has kind of, you know, solidified himself as a major player in the in, in, in the sport of boxing. So I think uh, with Pacquiao coming back and uh, with him taking on one of these bigger, bigger names in the sport, I think it's uh, a good recipe for a successful promotion. I think one thing that most, including me, are curious about, how much does Manny Pacquiao at 40 years of age have left in the tank? You've watched some of his recent fights. What say you about what can we expect? How much does he have left? Um, I don't know. You know, um, you know obviously, I, I don't think, I think age is uh, something that catches us all. You know, I think, I think uh, you know, scientifically, you know, you look at, you know, anybody, uh, you know, talk to any doctor or whatnot, you know, you can't probably prevent aging. You can only help to slow it down. So everything, I think Manny's not the same guy he was before, but he's still been able to have some success. And uh, in his last fight in particular, looked, uh, you know, pretty good, you know. So so I think that's uh, kind of the motivation and, and, and the uh, the push he gets to uh, step into a, a, this kind of moment and uh, try to make one last run at uh, at something big. Hey, you mentioned the win over Matisse, which was a knockout. He hasn't had a lot of knockouts in recent years. Why was he so good and, and the power punching so good in that fight? What did you see from a technical standpoint, Paulie? Um, you know, I always see I, I always see Manny as uh, you know has got a good technique, and he's a, he's a guy who's uh, you know wants to he doesn't just want to get in there and, and, and tangle with you. He wants to fight. You know, I think uh, Matisse also for the name recognition that he has in the sport has never been world champion. And uh, he, I, I always felt he was a bit overrated, you know. So I think the combination of those two things came came out with Manny, you know, winding up with a, a, a big win and uh, uh, had people talking. You know, I think the, the aura of Matisse's power kind of supersedes the reality of Matisse as a fighter, you know. Um, and so I, I think he was a perfect foil for, for Manny in that situation. And Manny, of course, being Manny, uh, disposed of him in, in, in the way he should have. And I think... Uh, the combination of those things left uh, uh, a good taste in people's mouths and uh, some momentum to go into this big promotion now. Voice of Paulie Malinaji again, he's on the call as the analyst there on Showtime, former fighter, former world champ. Joining me here for Pacquiao, Broner, Showtime pay-per-view, Las Vegas, Saturday night as part of Big Fight Weekend. Again, you're in a unique position. We love your insight anytime, but especially when you've been in the ring with one of the fighters when you will be calling the fight on Saturday night. You were in the ring about five-plus years ago, about five-and-a-half years ago with Adrian Broner. Uh, okay, what was that experience like? What what does what's the challenge that Broner brings because you're in a unique position to talk about it? You fought him. 
Um, you know, the challenge Broner brings obviously he's very creative with his punches. He's got he's got quickness. Um, the the deficiencies Broner has is in in order to use all his weapons, he needs to be at a very close range. And a lot of times, the way he enters the pocket is not very creative, and so you can kind of pick him off, you know. And uh, that's kind of I think it kind of showed in in the fight he had with me. Uh, he won a split decision. I didn't think he won the fight honestly. I, I thought I was robbed of my world title in that fight. But regardless, I feel like, you know, you see the the best of Broner in that fight and also the worst of Broner in that fight, you know, because when he gets in good position, he's able to dazzle you. But when he's in bad position and he has to earn his distance, he doesn't really have a lot of ideas as to how to earn that distance, you know, and uh, he's kind of a little bit befuddled and he gets outworked. So I think that's kind of the paradox that has now been, come to the forefront in his career where he's done it over and over again and people kind of see it. And now he's in this Manny Pacquiao fight. Does Manny have the legs to change distance on him and then and, and prevent him from closing range or or does Manny or Manny's legs at 40 years old not the same anymore and if, if, if that's the case will Broner try to have an easier time closing the gap because once Broner closes the gap he's very dangerous but preventing him from closing the gap a lot of times is not that difficult did he surprise you Paulie with anything whether it was his strength his jab did he surprise you and I know it was five and a half years ago could have changed he's older but what about whether did he surprise you over the course of 12 rounds with something um, he does um, I'll be honest with you. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cool with AB and I like AB and I, you know, obviously I like any fighter who's at this level and I love watching big fights, but, um, I can't give you a quote that uh, just to make one up. He didn't surprise me. No, I felt I won the fight and I knew the fight was going to be a good fight. And I knew I knew AB was bringing some very good talents to the table. And I felt like I was bringing some very good talents to the table. And I felt like it was going to be up in the air for who was going to win the fight. And, and, and we were both going to be very ready for it. And I think on fight night, when that came to fruition, I thought we fought a very competitive close fight and that he was given a decision that I didn't think he should have had. But having said that, um, I, it was the kind of fight I expected of him. You know, a, he's, a, he's a sharp fighter. He's a, he's a good fighter. Um, but he's a guy who has trouble closing the gap. And I had already noticed that in him when he fought Ponte de Leon and in a fight that I didn't think he had won already before he fought me. And he was given that decision. So I kind of based my game plan around that, you know, around him preventing, around preventing him from closing the gap and so that he can't get any punches off or a lot of punches off. And um, I think that's kind of come out, the, the cat's come out of the bag since that fight, you know, when more and more people realize that. So it's something that you hope that he's worked on because he's got such a complete style aside from that, but it's a big deficiency to be having, you know? So if he's able to, you know, figure out, creative ways to close the gap a little bit easier for himself once he gets in that range where he needs to be he's very tough to time he's very creative and he puts good combinations together it's just him finding the way inside he's not very creative doing so and that's and, that, and that's what you need to see in adrian broner if, if he's gonna have success in this fight all right couple more before i let you go if this fight goes longer goes into the late rounds who does it favor pacquiao or broner why what do you think i mean common knowledge and, 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 you know, making sense wise, you would think the younger guy has the advantage if the fight goes late. Right. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, younger legs, fresher body, um, all this other stuff. Um, but for all intents and purposes, you know, we always hear about Manny's being in great shape and Manny, uh, you know, having uh, the legs of a 25 year old and whatnot, and he's working very hard. Obviously at that age, you, you, you cut through the BS when you're 40 years old, you're a grown man and you're not, you know, you're not joking around anymore. You're not playing around. It's, it's, it's business. It's very, it's very, it's very much, a, it's very much a business-like attitude as opposed to when you're younger in your twenties, you might be, you know, you might have that flesh in your mind and whatnot, and you have a lot of distractions on your head. So I think Manny's very business-like, but I don't know that at 40 years old, he, he may not fade a little bit. If he doesn't fade, Hey, you know what? Then he's, then he surprises us again, you know, but Broner should not fade. Broner should be 29 years old. He should have more energy than Pacquiao. So, and, and uh, you know, if he, if he, if he doesn't, you know, I guess people can make their own judgment of it. 
No doubt. I know you got to go in just a second. You're there with a very enthusiastic play-by-play guy on every one of these calls in Mauro Ranallo. You're there with a Hall of Famer and Al Bernstein with the breakdown. What is it like to sit ringside when they ring a bell in Vegas for a big pay-per-view fight like this on Saturday night? Share that with the fans real quick. Um, you know, there's a saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And yes, that's sir. That's how I feel about this yes, job. Yes, sir. That's what, yep. I feel, that's what I feel like about this job, you know. Um, it's, it's a privilege and an honor, and um, I'm humbled to be able to, you know, watch guys do what, what you know, at one time I was trying to do or accomplish, and uh, watch them accomplish these goals and watch them, you know, watch guys crown themselves and, and be happy for them and uh, uh, really be amazed by the whole aura and atmosphere of it and, uh you know, it's just an emotional roller coaster that I understand as they're going through it. So it makes me very happy to see guys having the success they can have as well. So it's uh, and of course watching the action from ringside is, is always uh, is never a bad thing. Never a bad thing. Won't be a bad thing. Saturday night Showtime pay per view. Pacquiao Broner World Welterweight Title. Uh, we always appreciate the insight of the guys from Showtime. Paulie Malinaji gave us some time right here on Big Fight Weekend. Thank you, Paulie. We appreciate it, buddy. Have a great call. You're welcome, buddy. Thank you. Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Touch Vodka, a taste of Florida. Drink, eat, live, local. Touch Vodka. Find out more about their great product. Go to touchvodka.com. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Continue along. It is Pacquiao Broner. It is a world welterweight title fight. It is Showtime pay-per-view in the United States. And I love to bring back on and say Happy New Year to the boxing writer, David Payne. Uh, That's his handle on Twitter and uh, his website, boxingwriter.co.uk. Does a great job writing about the sweet science, about the pugilists, and, uh, and love his insight. And now here we go with this fight with an aging Manny Pacquiao that he's written about and a guy in Adrian Broner that, again, I, I don't really, you know, I, uh, he's in this title fight, David, as we bring you in, but there's just not a whole lot there that says to me champion anymore for him. So welcome. Are you intrigued by this fight? And if so, what intrigues you, sir? Uh, well, yes, thank you for inviting me again, TJ. Um, Happy New Year, 2019 already. Um there's lots to intrigue us about this fight. Um, some things to trouble us too. Um, but I think uh, the two guys come come to this point with different careers behind them. An awful lot of career behind him in, in uh, Pacquiao's case, of course. Um, but I think it's, it's those two stories and the kind of crossroads that this has to represent for both of them for slightly different reasons that make this quite an interesting matchup. I know it's had some criticism, um, some suggestions. It's a little bit... Um, been on the shelf a bit too long this particular fight, but I, I, I still find it quite interesting. Um, I think there are levels now where it, it could be more competitive than some people predict, and it will be interesting to see how the two styles gel. I think there's there's a, there's a good recipe for a decent fight between the two of them if um, Broner is everything he claims to be at this point in his career and where Pacquiao is at this point at 40 years of age. Well, it's it's interesting you kind of brought up a point that I wanted to bring up, which is, look, I mean, Pacquiao, as you mentioned, up there in boxing terms, in any term, uh, in terms of athleticism at 40, and Broner has not been as good as what he was five, six years ago. Wouldn't this have been a much better fight 
five or six years ago, and and maybe that is uh, maybe that is something that uh, the American public is wise to. The the fight fans are going to be there to watch this, but I, I wonder if if the casual fan of boxing is really into it because this would have been a better fight in 2014, 2015, 2016. Instead, we wait three, four, five years later, David. Yeah, I understand the argument. Um, we, we have to talk about how how high Pacquiao is getting in years. We seem to have become a little bit numb to the fact that guys are fighting into their 30s and now don't seem to pay that much attention when they get into their late 30s and now, in Pacquiao's example, 40. I mean, he's an incredible athlete, but for anyone to be in boxing professionally in, in long-distance fights for as long as he has... Um, we should be troubled slightly by that, I think, um, that we just seem to be dismissive of this when a generation or two ago, this was pretty much unheard of. Um, so on the one hand, um, we have that to consider. Um, but yes, I can I can see the point about this is more competitive or more interesting, more, more of a um, headline type catching bout three, four years ago. Um, when Brown has still had more youth on his side and was still um, hadn't failed a couple of times as he has in the inter- intervening period, um, but I think it, it's the it's the checkered past, it's the fact that Pacquiao is is the age he is that actually perhaps makes this more of a melting pot of a fight than it would have been three four years ago. Um, I could make an argument that Pacquiao may have. May have had an even stronger chance three or four years ago. I think the fact that he's now 40 just perhaps levels the playing field a little bit. The the, the bigger question to my mind is um, at what point is Adrian Broner now? At 29, going into 30 this year, um, we talk about him being the younger man, uh, but he is almost 30. Most fighters have got the body of work, their main body of work done by this point. Um, and for him to still be reaching for that kind of level that we all expected of him when he first burst through, uh, must be frustrating for him. And we'll learn in this fight, I think, finally, and perhaps for the last time, whether he's learned those lessons and has actually put together a whole good camp with good sparring, good preparation, mentally, physically, because despite his age, Pacquiao will ask all the questions of Broner um, that will prove whether he's got those answers. Whether and, and, and if he hasn't, I think we can, whilst it won't be the last fight of his career, I'm sure, it will be the last time Broner gets to anywhere like this sort of level. So there is a lot on the line for both fighters. So in that respect, I think it, at this point, it's quite interesting. Yeah, and you, you wrote and you referenced, and I love this because, again, I go back, you're a contemporary of mine, I go back to when Ali was hanging around and fighting a a young, hungry Larry Holmes, and and it was almost a shame because Holmes had idolized Ali, and, and Ali had nothing left really in that fight, and, and Holmes was almost saddened that he was the one basically ending Ali's career and beating on him until the fight was mercifully stopped. And we've seen other examples, too, of, of fighters that are too old and hanging on. And I'm not suggesting that Pacquiao uh, is that, but at some point, the skills erode, the reflexes erode, the hand speed erodes. Now, in fairness... He looked great against Matisse in the fight in the middle of last year. And so I guess to you, David Payne, how much are you encouraged by what we saw six, seven months ago that we may see some, all, or most of that from Pacquiao Saturday night against Broner? Well, first things first, the, the point about Muhammad Ali, I, I used in the article just as a as a reference point that almost anybody would recognize that's sure. followed the sport for any period of time. That I'm not comparing Broner to Larry Holmes or anything like that, but 
it's easy to forget that at 40, Pacquiao is older than Muhammad Ali was when he fought Larry Holmes, older than Joe Louis was when he fought Rocky Marciano, all those kind of um, beacon examples of ageing fighters getting clobbered um, by someone who was in, arguably inferior or would have been more competitive had he been younger. So it's easy to forget that. That, that was the point of that. Um, but... Um, at this sort of age, there's a cliche, I don't know if it carries over in the US, but there's a cliche here that, you know, at that age, you can get old overnight. You can look fine in camp, everything can appear as normal, and then fight night comes along and click. It's just not there. Um, so there's always the potential of that once you get into your mid-late 30s and, and 40 in Pacquiao's case, that that could happen this Saturday night. There was enough evidence in his last fight to suggest to us that that's unlikely to happen but as I say it could happen at any point um, so again to, to me there remain more questions about Broner despite the fact he's 2930 um, uh, whether he has got what he had five or six years ago um, Pacquiao doesn't have what he had five or six years ago but I'd make the argument he may have more of it left than Broner has of what he had five or six years ago in his last fight Pacquiao looked good but we have to remember the opponent Two was a veteran and probably stylistically made for Pacquiao. But we look at Broner's last fight against Vargas where he kind of struggled through to a draw. He may argue he won, but he was pedestrian in the early rounds and let Vargas have a lot of success and steal some rounds with a fairly pedestrian work rate of his own. And if he operates on that basis, trying to counterpunch, trying to find single shots, then even this version of Pacquiao is going to be far too busy, far too cute, far too fast, and and going to be what, taking lots of those rounds and inflicting damage along the way. So um, I, I see a difficult night for Broner, but it would be interesting just to see if he can put a complete performance together and be busy, because that's always been the thing that's been leveled. There's no doubt that at the end of, uh, of, of his uh, last two or three years here, we haven't seen Broner with the spectacular knockouts or a big win over a significant opponent, so there definitely are some question marks in and around him. That's the voice of David Payne, the boxing writer. Love his insight from over in the U.K., and again, he has written on his site, boxingwriter.co.uk, about this Pacquiao-Broner fight. You can read uh, more about what his thoughts are about Pacquiao here at the end of the career. Hey, um, a couple of more uh, from a tactical standpoint. Uh, in in watching the build up to this fight, in watching the Showtime series in the United States here, uh, where they followed both fighters, the 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 two thirty minute documentaries leading up to preview the fight, they showed how Freddie Roach is back in the picture. His longtime trainer was out of the picture; they had a falling out. He's now not the sole trainer, but he's back in as one of the co-trainers of Pacquiao. David, how much stock do you put into that? Is it significant? Is it more uh, Pacquiao looking for some reassurance and maybe some good luck from what he had before with Freddie Roach? What do you make of that angle to this fight Saturday night? I think it, I think it is important, um, but uh, and I think the reassurance word that you use is interesting. I don't think, and I think that becomes interesting because we've had interviews over here in the UK with Freddie Roach where he's stated that he or he's implied quite strongly um, that. The reason he's not been involved previously was that he couldn't go through a camp where Manny was pursuing his political career at the same time um, because it affected camp. And it was, I think it was before the Jeff Horn fight, it just um, it compromised all of their preparations and, and Freddie wasn't willing to do it. And if I can interject, I don't mean to interrupt, but if I can interject on the Showtime show, he comes right out and said 
that he knows that's the reason that cost him, that it cost him being in Manny's corner was because he kept objecting to you're not as focused here on on what you should be. So it's it's interesting honesty there from Freddie. Go ahead. I didn't mean to completely sidetrack you. No, that's that's fine. So, yeah, so he's, he's made that point explicitly. So the reassurance comes into it. It's reassuring to me as a follower of, of Pacquiao that he's willing to be involved in this fight. It shows that Pacquiao's obviously made the sacrifices required for Freddie to be involved and to know that this can be a proper camp and preparation. Um, so how much uh, Pacquiao benefits from his input, we can only assume he will. They've had a storied career together. Um, but what is more reassuring is it shows that he's dedicated to that process. Um, so whatever comes beyond Broner, certainly for this fight, there's been enough assurances and enough availability of Pacquiao for Freddie to be involved. So I think that that's, for Pacquiao fans, very reassuring that we should expect a good performance uh, or as good a performance as we, we can get of, from a 40-year-old Pacquiao at this point. Uh, David, uh, we did talk to Pauli Malinaji a little earlier, uh, who's an analyst for Showtime here in the United States. We'll be on the call with Mauro Ranallo and Al Bernstein of the fight in the U.S. here on the Showtime pay-per-view. And it's interesting that Pauli was in the ring with Adrian Broner some five years ago. He said to us in the conversation, I said, tactically here, what about your fight with him? Uh, it makes you it makes you obviously an integral part from an analysis standpoint of telling us about Broner. He said you got to you got to keep him at a distance. He was able to frustrate him. That should be Manny's same goal: keep him at a distance, make yourself hard to hit. Um, I, I just I find that whole angle uh, interesting. I know before you and I began the recorded conversation, you said to me, "Hey, Paulie Malinaji is on uh, British media, British TV all the time talking." It is fascinating that he fought Broner. He's on the call and he's got a little bit of a scouting report on Adrian Broner. Yeah, Paul is Paul is a good um, a student of, of fights. He's, a, he's he's good at breaking down uh, fights tactically. He does it on a regular basis for just about any platform willing to pay him here in the UK. <laughs> he appears everywhere. Um, so and obviously, having shared a ring, he's got greater insight than almost anybody else. So. I wouldn't wish to second-guess him. It's interesting that he thinks that um, Pacquiao would be best served keeping him at distance. Uh, I suspect that's because um, if he comes charging forward, Broner's strength is his counter-punching. So that would play to Broner's stronger part of his game. Uh, And if he doesn't, then Broner may have to come forward to try and make the fight. And I don't know if he's going to be willing to do that. So there's a potential for that chess match angle. But whilst Pacquiao is much cuter than the kind of uh, uh, pigeonhole we might have of him of just a pressure fighter and all action aggressor he is much cuter and much smarter in what he does um, but I think he's going to want to set a pace that Broner doesn't like um, I, I find it hard to believe that he's not going to be active and making Broner work because uh, Broner as we have said already has had a career of some good success um, but he's not uh He's never been a busy fighter, he's always, and, he, and he seems to have, have fallen into the trap as his career has developed of believing he's more power, more he's, he's in his own power more and more, despite the fact he's gone up weight divisions, despite the fact he's not really knocking people out, uh, world-class fighters out at these high divisions. He seems to have got this into his mind that he can find one shot at any time, and that was certainly evident in his last fight. Um, and I think he's he's slipped from that counter-puncher, cute counter-puncher, almost into a he thinks he can find one shot to do it and will happily give away rounds. And I think Pacquiao will be busy. So I completely respect Paulie's opinion and he may well be right and he's got the 
the benefit of having shared a ring. But I think that Pacquiao will be busy and will be seeking to push Broner back. But that's one of the tactical things that's tantalising about the weekend. You know, what kind of fight will we see? No doubt. All right, I know you're going to be smiling as I build up to this because it seems like every time I have you on asking about fights in the United States, here comes the obligatory question about how much do they care in the U.K.? Uh, again, this fight from a time standpoint in the middle of the night, uh, UK time, Britain time, European time, do you sense a buzz where you are? The hardcore fight fan is going to be there. I, I understand that, but maybe not so much in the middle of the night. What what about that for, for Pacquiao, Broner in the UK, David? Well, we've, 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 got, two, we've got two types of fans, pretty, pretty much like everywhere else in the world, I guess. We've got what are somewhat cruelly described as casual fans, your sports fan that like the big events, like the big fights, the names that they recognise, and then you've got your boxing devotees. Um, and I think this will appeal more to the second type of boxing fan rather than your casuals. But that said, I know you guys over there, there's some criticism of the fact that it's $75 pay-per-view. This is free to air in the UK. On, Interesting. Uh, yeah, free to air on uh, normal standard television, um, one of the junior parts of the ITV network, ITV4. So we're getting the card uh, for free. So that will encourage people to take a peek and it will probably be repeated, which could. Uh, and ITV is one of the big broadcasters here in the UK that everybody has that channel. Uh, it's not a premium or pay for channel. It's just a commercial te- television channel. So um the access is good but as you say it's the middle of the night um and it's not ricky hatton it's not anthony joshua so uh, there's there's levels to the to the interest um so there'll be plenty of people watching but there will be the boxing the aficionados the boxing hardcore as we call them over here rather than the casual love that um all right so i i love to get predictions and analysis you're as qualified as anybody following the sport Map it out in advance, David Payne. What happens Saturday night, Pacquiao, Broner, and how does it happen? I think you've probably guessed from what I've said so far that I'm leaning towards um, Pacquiao winning. Um, Broner's hard to trust at this level. Um, he tends to come up short. He, Whether it's preparation or just he isn't quite as good as he either thinks he is or he's been perceived to be. Um, he never quite gets over the line at this sort of level, and I think he's going to fall short again. Um, I've the, the, the whole stuff in the press conference this week made me wonder about how focused he's, he's actually been, despite what he said to the contrary. So I, I suspect that Pacquiao is going to be too busy, too quick, and he's going to hit him hard, and he's going to hit him plenty. Um, and I suspect that he will probably get there on a points win. But it wouldn't surprise me if mid-late rounds there was Bronus staying on his stool. He's been he's been brave and courageous when he's took lumps before. With Madonna, he got up and he carried on and he, he persisted. But I just wonder how much desire is truly there once the going gets tough and the fight has gone away from him. Um, and that's what I expect to happen. So points most likely, but I wouldn't rule out a late stoppage, mid-late stoppage, sort of an eighth, ninth, tenth sort of round. How about that? Uh, it is interesting, again, in the buildup that Pacquiao and Broner have had here, that Broner, Broner has said, and he said this in so many words without the vulgarities here that I'll, I'll put on Big Fight Weekend on the podcast, that he, he views this as a great opportunity to the next big fight. Okay, they're saying that, then there's actually accomplishing something in the ring and having it lead to other big things. So he's saying he understands there's big things if he can win. 
But I, I don't know really that, uh, again, see, just watching it and just seeing it, I, I don't know. I don't know that he has it in him. See, I don't know. TJ, I don't know. TJ isn't, that, isn't that the whole problem? Isn't that Broner in? Yeah. And you can forgive it. If you can forgive him to some extent, he's having a microphone stuck under his nose. He's meant to say something. He's got to answer in some way or other. But to be talking in his position with the failures that he's had at this level and his erratic um, preparation for fights, to be talking about what lays beyond fighting or winning. Arguably, if I can interject, arguably hasn't won a significant fight in five years. That would be fair, right? So, yeah, I, I would agree with you, and that's my point entirely. How can he be thinking what he gets if he beats Manny Pacquiao? Manny Pacquiao is probably the best opponent he's fought, even at 40. Uh, the most high profile, it should be his entire focus should be on just winning this fight, not what lays beyond it. But again, I give him some grace. He's got endless microphones and video cameras and <laughs> smartphones shoved in his face. He's got to say interesting, different things. He's asked the question, but... Surely, at this point, he must realise that this is this is the only fight he should be thinking about contemplating, uh, considering every ounce of his effort and focus should be on this fight. And it just tells me, and it just confirms to me that he doesn't have the mentality to win this kind of fight, and he'll lose on Saturday. How about that? Coming strong. David Payne, the boxing writer. I right, plug away about your site, your social media, where we can find you. I love having you on Big Fight Weekend, but tell... Uh, everybody that's listening, where they can read you, where they can uh, follow along as you live tweet when fights are going on and big events are going on in boxing. Go ahead. Well, first off, you can keep up with me on the Big Fight Weekend. Uh, me and TJ seem to do this on a regular basis, and it's great fun. You keep returning um, my calls, my texts, my messaging. I love that about you, yes. Uh, well, it's good fun. It's good to talk to you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, on a more regular basis, uh, the boxing writer... Um, at the at the boxing writer, sorry, on Twitter is where I'm most um, prolific in social media world, and then the website is boxingwriter.co.uk. But I also do betting previews for gambling.com and freebets.net, so they get some of my work too. But it'd be great to catch up with anyone who wants to get in touch. Yeah, check it out, freebets.net. You've written up this fight. I know you sent me a link to that article, and you guys can read more about if you're so inclined, if you're putting a little money on Pacquiao Broner, what David thinks about rounds or about what might happen in this fight. Uh, tactically, he's giving you an idea that he thinks uh, Pacquiao will win. Hey, that's why they lace him up, and and it's always uh, Larry Merchant had the great line as the as the former writer and the uh, HBO boxing analyst. It is the theater of the unexpected. It may not have been his original line, but he said it all the time. We we always get reminded it's the theater of of the unexpected. The unexpected may happen on Saturday in one form or another. It's why we uh, it's why we tune in. Uh, hey, any closing thoughts? About uh, Pacquiao Broner, one more time. I just think it's a better fight than people give it credit for. It's a fun fight. We know they're not the one and two in the division, but the two top ten guys, Pacquiao certainly top ten, and Broner's close. So let's just enjoy it for what it is. It's two good welterweights with different skill sets at different points in the career going at it. And after Saturday, we'll know which one's the better man and one which one goes on to to more fun fights in the future. He's the boxing writer, David Payne. Thank you for the insight on Big Fight Weekend, sir. Always fun, TJ. See you next time. All right, if I want some insight on Pacquiao Broner, including the whole Vegas scene, who else to go to than the unelected mayor of Vegas? JT the Brick, my Fox Sports Radio brother from another mother. Always good 
to be with you. And so now here we have a, a huge uh, drawing card fight for Saturday night with Pacquiao and Broner, Pacquiao's first fight in the United States in a couple of years. Good to talk to you. Good to, good to get to break bread with you and talk the sweet science here. So uh, I guess the first thing is how amped are you for Pacquiao's return to Vegas? Well, first off, it's great to talk to you as we are on the alumni team, and I could be happier <laughs> outside of where we were to be doing what we're doing now. But uh, to the fight, I'm a huge Pacquiao guy because other than the Floyd fight, where he wasn't 100% and styles make fights and the styles stink and Floyd didn't want to you know, fight fight the way Pacquiao likes to, every time I've been to a Pacquiao fight, and I've been to every single one of them in Vegas, it's been an overwhelming, entertaining, great night of boxing. He's one of the all-time greats on the short, short list. He's always in shape. He always brings his A game. Again, not a great performance against Floyd. But now, over the last two or three fights, you can see, TJ, that he's fighting for his legacy. He's fighting for the end of his career. He's also fighting to make money. And he's got a lot left in the tank. He's not an old 40-year-old guy. He's an undersized guy who kept his body in shape, hasn't poisoned it with drugs and alcohol. So he's a guy I think has a couple of really good years left. Yeah, interesting because I've been bringing that up earlier in the podcast. What would he have left in the tank? Uh, We saw the knockout of Matisse last year in the summer, which would indicate, okay, he's got some punch left. But you get the sense he's got some tread on the tires for this fight Saturday night. I can tell. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, you've been watching All Access, I'm sure, on Showtime. You see the road work he does. Uh, I talked to Freddie Roach earlier, and Freddie just winked at me and says, yeah, he's ready. And he's always peaking at the right time. And he'll go up against Broner, who, you know, I've been following Broner's career also. And when he came on the scene, I was really excited for him because I thought he was one of the more gifted athletes, technical boxers, that I saw come onto the scene, his footwork, his ability to use both hands, his upper body, and the fact that he has legs and a lower body. But then he got into the trouble that Pacquiao never got into. He got into the trouble of just letting his ego get in the way and not train and get overweight and not get prepared for big fights and lose some of his technical skills. And from what I've seen being down at the MGM this week, Broner understands this is his legacy fight. If he wins this fight, It'll be the biggest victory of his life. He'll beat the the famed Manny Pacquiao, and he'll probably get not only a rematch, but he'll probably get two to three big fights that will set him up financially for the rest of his life. So it's a lot on the line for uh, Broner in this fight. Yeah, no doubt uh, about that. Hey, a fun one because you're there and you're in and around it. I was was actually uh, getting the chance to talk with Pauli Malinaji. He's coming around on Radio Row at the time that we're talking here, too, from the Showtime call of the fight. He had just gotten to Vegas. You're there in Vegas. You've always been based in Vegas. There have been a bunch of Pacquiao fights. I know we're a couple of days out, but does this one have the same feel that the other ones have, or does, does Vegas need to warm up to it a little bit, or what do you think? Gauge it for me. Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. Again, I would think, you know, Vegas loves a great fight night. It's the economy out here. It's what really is the lifeblood along with UFC. And, you know, we have the Vegas Golden Knights out here. The Raiders are coming. CES, the biggest convention in the world in Vegas, just left. And 
you know, everybody understands that boxing is important to the lifeblood here, and Pacquiao delivers. He typically delivers pay-per-view numbers, and he delivers at the gate. Uh, the fight is not at T-Mobile, the new venue where Canelo's been fighting against Triple G, and some of the bigger events are there. So he's fighting back at the MGM Grand, which I like. I like fights that are connected inside a casino. So people can play craps about 10 minutes up to the fight or play the slots or blackjack and then come in and then come out afterwards and be right back at the tables. And, you know, I don't know what the final numbers are going to be. And I think it'll probably sell out at the last second. But Pacquiao can still draw, and especially from his fans that follow him globally. I think it'll be a strong finish with fans coming out here and the fight will do fine. Okay, so back to Broner for a second. I've already put my feelings out there. That you haven't, I haven't, no one has really seen a lot from him in terms of a great knockout or a great fight in the four or five years really leading up to this fight. At one time, he was what you would classify as an up-and-coming fighter, and you did, a great fighter. What does he have to do to summon that against, I know he's aged at 40, Pacquiao, but this is not going to be an easy task. What does Broner have to do tactically to make something spectacular happen, to maybe to maybe score a knockout? What has to happen, JT? Well, you, you just nailed it. He has to score a knockout. He's not going to win. You're not going to beat Manny Pacquiao by a decision. Just not. You're not going to go 12 rounds and in the 10th round most likely have a lead with Manny Pacquiao. That just doesn't happen unless you're Floyd Mayweather and you're just a better defensive boxer and you can win via points. That's nowhere near what Broner does. Broner's looking for a big punch. He's looking to hurt Pacquiao early in the fight. He has the hands to do it, both the right and the left. I think his footwork's incredible because Pacquiao's footwork's incredible. So when Pacquiao comes inside looking to score and hit with jabs, Broner can brush off those jabs and come with a big left hook or a right uppercut. And I really think do some damage if he hits them clean. But me and you go back a long way. We've been covering <laughs> boxing yep. a long time. To say you're going to hit Pacquiao clean is really difficult. And Broner typically doesn't have the cardio, the cardio late in fights where he's coming on strong in the final couple of fights. His last fight, I was surprised. I thought he had some pretty good endurance. Pacquiao's is just a different type of animal because he's so fast and he's so quick and he moves so much that by the time you get past the seventh or eighth round, you're drained and you're not going to have a lot left in the tank. So how does Broner win? He's got to hurt Pacquiao early to the face. I don't think Pacquiao to the body, he's going to cripple him. But if he can hit him with a couple of jabs and follow it up with a big punch and get him to at least respect the fact that Broner has more power than him, if Broner lands a big punch, I think it will dictate the fight and it will get Manny out of being a tactician and it will get Manny into brawling a little bit. And that's what I hope happens. I want to see a good fight. Yeah. I could care less who wins, because I like Manny Pacquiao, but I hope Broner doesn't disappoint this crowd the way he disappointed everyone earlier on Wednesday when he talked down to the Hall of Famer Al Bernstein and mocked him at the final press conference. That was shameful. Yeah, I saw I saw that. I know you blasted Broner on uh, on social media and rightfully so. I, I think you know some of it is maybe you're trying to bring some heat and and get people interested in the fight, but some some of that just seemed outright disrespectful, seemed ungrateful for being part of the moment. I mean, I, I again rhetorically ask, I'm not asking you, what has Adrian Broner done in the last 2 or 3 years that deserves him being on the big stage? He's fortunate to be on the big stage right now with Pacquiao. He ain't acting like it. So let's 
Let's see well, if his tune yeah, changes, JT. Let's see but if it changes. That's a great question. What has he done? What has he done to be on the stage? He's marketed himself, right? Yeah, that's what right. part of the sport is. Is that with his, with his? I think I have no problem using the word thug-like behavior at times with the way he just treats people with language. That that's a part of boxing. Boxing likes trash talkers. He's one of the elite trash talkers out there who's been in the shadow of Floyd Mayweather. Floyd really thought that Broner had the talent to be one of the great new fighters coming up behind him. And then Floyd finally looked around after all these shenanigans, after all these years, and said, hey, man, you don't cash big enough checks to hang out in my circles. And now Broner's part of this promotion with Mayweather Promotions and the MGM Grand and Showtime Pay-Per-View, and this is it for him. If he embarrasses himself in this fight, if he loses dramatically, if he gets knocked out, if he does something stupid after a loss in the ring, you won't be hearing from Adrian Broner again. This is the end of the line for him unless he wins. I love JT bringing it strong. Another moment or two with JT the Brick. It's big fight weekend. It's Pacquiao Broner. We love talking boxing. And uh, and JT is right there in the heart of it in Las Vegas. I want to talk to him about his new podcast uh, with our buddy Tom Looney, our mutual buddy Tom Looney. We had we had Looney on on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, JT, before Wilder Fury, uh, before that showdown in Los Angeles. So I look forward to talking to you a little more about the podcast. One more on Pacquiao and how much longer he does this. There's a lot of great speculation. All right, to you, prediction time. Is he still fighting in, let's say, 2020? Will Pacquiao still be fighting mid-2020? Is he fighting another year and a half from now, two years from now, or are we in the last couple of Pacquiao fights? Gauge it for me. What do you think? Great question. His wife said on All Access she'd like this fight and one more, one more big one, and there's great opponents in this weight class, as you know. When you look at the World Welterweight Championship, there are plenty of fights for Pacquiao to take as an eight-belt winner to go up or down. So, yeah, if, if he wins this fight like I expect him to, and he comes out of it and there's not an injury and he's feeling good. You're talking about him fighting in a weird month here as we're looking at January before Super Bowl. I think you could see him in November, which is a huge fight month because he won't be ready for May. And if he fights in November and has another good opponent in a good fight, I think there would be one more fight after that in 2020. Remember, in Vegas, the Raiders are opening up a brand-new state-of-the-art football stadium. And they're going to try to get some fights in that building, in that football venue, just like Jerry. Jerry's getting some big fights in Dallas, but he loses out, as you know, to Vegas all the time because he doesn't have the casino gaming in the state of Texas. And the big whales don't want to go to Texas for a fight. They want to come to Vegas. When this, when this football stadium opens for the Silver and Black, if they're able to put a fight in there like Pacquiao Mayweather or a Canelo fight or something big, you're going to see more big fights out here. And I think Manny Pacquiao will want to be a part of that footprint. Love it. All right. So tell me more. I know you're doing stuff in Vegas on the air. Tell me more about what you're doing yep. on the air every day. And tell me about the new venture, jtandlooney.com and the podcast. Let's go. Let's hear it. Details, please. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So I was with Fox for almost 18 years and before that at another network. So I've had a national network, uh, national show my entire career. i got good news coming up on that front. But Looney and I wanted to stay together after 14 years and start something new. So today, exclusive to your audience, <laughs> and heading into the fight, you're the first. I'm, I, I'm not kidding you, buddy. You're the first guy that I've talked to about this. We launched JTandLooney.com. It's the JT and Looney podcast, and it's going to be Looney and I talking about sports, pop culture, 
current events. It gives us the ability to stay together. And what I'm so excited about, you can download it, please, on iTunes and subscribe to it, is that it's going to give us a new voice, a new platform, because we were so structured on radio for so long, having to come out of commercials, go into commercials, interview people, that now we can press the slow down button, not with our energy, but we can really dive into topics in this format that we're excited to really get into. And it doesn't have to be buttoned up. Our language doesn't have to be perfect. (laughs) We can do anything on a dime. And we're really excited about it because, as you know, we've been friends a long time. When you leave a network or you leave a station or you move, you leave people behind that you'll never, ever work with again. Never. We're lucky that we're friends and we can do our podcasts and go on each other's radio shows. But a lot of guys don't have that. And for Looney and I, we didn't want to wait to land on another radio network together or for me to go first and him come in second. We said, hey, let's do this podcast. Let's launch it, which we did today, and let's have fun with it. So I'm really proud of it, and it's going to get better. And you're going to hear a side to me, JT the Brick, which is more John Tornor, my real name, which a lot of people don't know, <laughs> and a lot of that side of my life that I'm excited to talk about. I know a lot of that side, and the, and the great book, The Handoff, that you wrote about with one of your mentors, one of our colleagues, uh, Andrew Ashworth. So I know about that side, and I look forward to hearing the podcast. And again, they can go to JT and Looney, L-O-O-N-E-Y, JTandLooney.com, and they can go to iTunes and wherever podcasts are found and find out more about JT and Looney's podcast. I'm anxious to hear all about it because it's going to have plenty of pop culture from Looney, plenty of talk about the Raiders, <laughs> Vegas, the fights, all of it. I'm anxious to hear all about it. Uh, do I sneak a prediction? Does this end uh, before the distance? Does it go the distance, Pacquiao, Broner? Are you, are you predicting here already with a couple of days to go? What about it? Yeah, I think that Pacquiao is going to wear him down, and I have Pacquiao in a 10th-round stoppage, a 10th-round TKO because Broner is just not able to cover up late in the fight I, the, the same thing would be Pacquiao decision unanimous decision but to add a little spice to your big fight podcast <laughs> as you do this, I want to give you a little bit of juice here so I think Manny stops him late give me a knockout I'm looking for a knockout let's see if we get one Saturday this guy is a knockout uh, great stuff as always good luck with the new ventures I pledge to you if you ever need anything for any reason including me to come on and bore your audience about my twins and about my golf game or whatever that I can contribute <laughs> besides the sports talk, to the JT and Looney podcast. I'm happy to... We can tell radio stories, though, too, because you and I got a bunch of them about what goes on off the air and behind the scenes while we're doing a show on the air. It's crazy stuff. So anytime you want that, I'm making that offer to you as well. Yeah, and that's interesting because I've been offered by a lot of podcasts and friends over the years to tell some deep, dark (laughs) secrets and what's going on in radio. And right now... I'm a little bit raw and a little bit tender as we go into this new year. And I've always been sharp enough to know that when I have nothing good to say, I should probably say nothing now. So I'm going to, I'm going to pause and probably say that on my own podcast. There you go. I'd love to be on That's a tease. To it, my That's a tease. JT and Looney.com and the podcast. Check out the first episodes and again, subscribe. Listen, thank you. I'm anxious to see what happens with Pacquiao and Broner. Thank you for popping on Big Fight Weekend, our podcast to talk the fights. JT the Brick, thank you, sir. You got it, buddy. Great to be on with you. Thank you so much. Oh, always great to hear from JT the Brick. He thinks it's going to be a big night for Manny Pacquiao. We are about to find out. A reminder that Big Fight Weekend is brought to you in part by Touch Vodka. Drink, eat, 
Live Local Touch Vodka. Go to touchvodka.com to make sure that you can get a hold of some of Florida's best adult beverage. Touch Vodka, touchvodka.com, a taste of Florida. All right, so that sets the stage. I like Manny Pacquiao to win this fight. Adrian Broner has not shown me much of anything. I don't think he'll have the punching power. I don't think he'll have the speed, especially as the fight wears on. I think this is more about sizzle and no steak from Broner. I think Pacquiao, even at 40 years of age, is the better fighter. I think he wins on Saturday evening. There's my opinion. You can check into that and check into our guests and see what they have to say in and around this fight, following them on social media. Of course, Pauli Malinaji will be on the call of the fight with Mauro Ranallo and also Al Bernstein, the Hall of Famer, for the showdown Saturday night on paper review on Showtime. Again, wherever you're hearing Big Fight Weekend, you might be hearing us internationally. Check your local listings. Check the internet, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in South America, whether it's in Asia. where You might be hearing this program in Australia. I have no idea. Uh, maybe it's on the International Space Station. Hopefully NASA gets you guys hooked up if you're able to find us on Big Fight Weekend. So check your listings. In the United States, though, it's on Showtime pay-per-view for this fight. So you'll hear Pauli Malinaji, our guest on the call. The boxing writer is David Payne. Follow him at The Boxing Writer on Twitter for his thoughts about this fight. Go to his website, boxingwriter.co.co. Dot UK, boxingwriter.co.uk. And of course, JT the Brick. You hear him on the radio at Fox Sports Radio's Las Vegas affiliate. You also uh, can find him now at jtandlooney.com with the uh, the new venture there online with his broadcast partner, Tom Looney, our old friend, our old colleague. We're all Fox Sports Radio brethren. So again, JT and Looney with a new podcast, as JT the Brick was telling us about. It is now launched. Find it on iTunes and wherever podcasts are found and go to jtandlooney.com. JT likes Pacquiao to win this one going away. You can follow him as well at JT the Brick. Again, it's Big Fight Weekend. My name is TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with us. We look forward to seeing what's going to happen with Pacquiao and Broner. We'll be back with many more Big Fight Weekend editions coming here in 2019 in January, February, and beyond. Lots of big-time fights, and whenever there are any, we're previewing them, we're recapping them, and we thank you for being with us through our friends at RadioInfluence.com. Also subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, tune in. Find out uh, much more by going to those outlets and subscribing, and the podcast comes to you immediately. It is Big Fight Weekend. Enjoy Pacquiao Broner. Bye. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. There's a lot of talk about the genius of Sean McVay. Folks, I know them both, and Sean Payton has been around a lot longer and has been even more effective, kind of coming from the same tree as Sean Payton did in a lot of regards to his offensive ideas. But what they do very well, and this kind of comes from I've been critical of him overall, John Gruden, but I think John Gruden's offensive ideas and concepts are very good, and what and Sean's worked a lot and 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 studied a lot under John, as is Sean McVay. The thing that these two coaches do extremely well is what I just said about McVay applies to Sean Payton. They do a lot of the same things out of different looks. It is very difficult to get a read on what they're going to do because they'll run same route concepts out of tight bunch sets, out of spread sets, 
So they really don't dictate what they're going to do pre-snap by formation or even by personnel grouping because they do a lot of the same things. And the genius of doing a little but dressing it up different is this. The less plays you run, the better you are at running them. You're focusing on a fewer number of things. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.